0: That's ixl.com slash be. If you've been listening to Transformative Principle for any amount of time, you know that I have a love hate relationship with EdTech. We have the ability to personalize learning for every single one of our students, and yet so many of our EdTech tools fall short. We need our technology to do more for us. That's why it's so important for me to know that IXL provides true personalized learning across the entire pre-K-12 curriculum, and that it's proven to benefit all student populations, including English language learners and students in special ed programs. As a principal, I've used this in my school. As a parent, I've had my children use it as well. And let me tell you, this is a tool that definitely helps students Learn and practice better. IXL is research proven to accelerate achievement. Studies across 45 states show that IXL schools outperform non IXL schools on state assessments, and independent research from Johns Hopkins University verifies that IXL meets ESSA Tier 1 standards. With those results combined with IXL's teacher friendly reputation, what more could you ask for? Now, you also know that I don't care so much about test scores but I know that they are legislatively convenient and something that we have to deal with and manage on a day-to-day basis. If you can implement something that is easy and effective, why wouldn't you do it? If you have a goal to increase achievement for all students, make sure to find out what IXL can do for you. Visit IXL.com B for a demo. That's IXL.com B E. Welcome to Transformative Principle, where I help you stop putting out fires and start leading. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. Let's talk about flex time in schools. If you've been listening for a long time, you know how important I think this is. It gives us more time for personalized learning, increasing choice and agency for students, and the increased enrollment that comes with it dedicated time for intervention and enrichment, and overall, as school leaders, it gives us and our faculty more tools to increase academic achievement. But the implementation and management of flex time can be so tough. Tricky logistics and a lack of clear accountability systems can prevent teachers from buying in and can hold us back from ensuring students make good use of their time. I'm pleased to share that my flex learning provides a solution to these challenges and more. MyFlex Learning helps you create and manage flexible time for any purpose. And with seamless SIS integration, a student locator, flexible daily rostering, and an intuitive mobile app, it eliminates the common challenges of implementation and management. Want to see for yourself? Visit myflexlearning.com/b to learn more about it and receive $500 off the first year of use. That's myflexlearning.com/be. Welcome to the Transformative Principle Podcast. I am Jethro Jones, your host. The Transformative Principle Podcast is a proud member of the Bee Podcast Network, the best educational shows out there. If you have a role in education, we've got a show for you. And if we don't, let me know. I'll help you make one. I am excited to have on the show today David Bryan. Through a decades-long career in the trade, business, and education spaces, Dr. David Bryan has garnered the skills to be a curious and eager student of many fields. Having taught at middle school, high school, and university levels throughout the United States, Dr. Bryan gained the experience to spearhead his own venture, co-founding New Roads School, a unique independent school in Southern California that devoted between 40 to 50% of its annual budget to need-based financial aid. That allowed New Roads to create a private school population that was ethnically, racially, and socioeconomically diverse. Brian served as a faculty member, founding head of school and president from 1995 until his departure in 2013, following which he founded his own consulting business and lectured in economics at UC Santa Cruz. In 2020, Dr. Brian relocated to rural Wyoming and for the first time in years found himself outside of the classroom. The podcasting space has been steadily growing, allowing people all over the world to connect, And leveraging the podcasting format and fortified by his enduring belief that a person can learn a great deal about the world and other people by simply being curious about what folks do, Dr. Brian launched his latest or his largest classroom yet, the Curiosity Invited podcast. Between the podcast, participating on several boards and spending time with his wife, Shelly Graham, exploring the many splendors of Wyoming terrain, his calendar and inbox are both pretty full David, welcome to Transformative Principle. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for letting me uh, have the conversation today.
0: Oh, it is my pleasure. Uh, Tell me, what do you think is the valuable takeaway from our conversation today?
1: Um, Well, one of them is knowing that for the, and I don't know how I missed it, but for the last 10 plus years, there's been somebody talking about uh, making schools richer more interesting uh you doing that so that that is a value i mean that's great i mean i didn't know i didn't know and um and it's and it's also great to uh, you know i hope you don't always just have conversations with people who agree with you but it's great to speak to somebody who you know we end up nodding our heads at the same time it's it's real fun especially when it comes to education
0: yeah, it, it is fun. And I don't always talk with people that agree with me, but at the same time, I try to find people who do because I realize that we are sometimes few and far between in the education yeah. space. And so it's nice nice to be able to know you're not crazy when you're thinking these ideas and having no, these thoughts. Exactly. So um, a, a big takeaway for me was how you talked about the richness of a diverse population leads to an amazing opportunities Mm. and uh, we're going to talk about new road school we're going to talk about curiosity invited podcast and how those two things uh are overlapping in and i think a pretty unique way so um, i'm excited for our conversation we'll get to my interview with david here in just a moment so, David, I think the place that I'd like to start is you talking about the difference between public and private schools in your teaching and leadership mm-hmm. experience. What's the big difference between those two in your mind?
1: Well, um, there is a big difference, but I'm not sure it's the difference that, that a lot of people speak about. Um, you know, public schools, depending upon where it is, right? Public schools, this big umbrella that lots of different places fit under, and there's some... You know, there they're obviously great public schools and great teachers and administrators in public schools. Um I would say the thing for me that was, that is very different is there's there's more freedom, right? There's more freedom in a private school. Um and I'm ju- just to be really clear, I'm I'm a public school kid. I grew up, you know, there was I knew there were such things as private schools, but I wasn't really sure why. And um you know, everybody went to the school, that school down the block, that's the one. <laughs> and, um, and I never thought I'd be working in a private school and never, less, and, and, uh, never mind starting one. Um, but there was, at least when I was in Los Angeles and Santa Monica, the public school situation was really challenging. I mean, it was uh, the, the budget wasn't big enough. Uh, more and more every year, and more and more kids would be in a classroom. You know, I, I remember talking to kids. I remember n- interviewing this sixth grader for a seventh grade entry. And he's, you know, at some point in the conversation, he said to me, he said, there's 60 people in my math class. How how am I supposed to learn like that? Right. So, so there's that piece. And, you know, maybe it's gotten a lot better. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, and usually private schools uh, can can control that piece more, right? can make their smaller classes. The other thing that I think is a very big difference is that, um, again, depending upon the school, teachers, if you trust them, teachers have more freedom to to address the particular needs in their classroom. There are fewer kind of overarching mandates you must everybody's doing open court reading that means everybody in the school district in the third grade needs to be on this page on this book on this day and and that's you know one size never fits all neither in underwear socks or and certainly not in education so so uh, that was a real eye-opener for me and and made it wonderful. I think sometimes some of the challenges at private school is that it becomes, such a rarefied environment because it's usually uh, it's a, it's usually a pricey tuition or it's often a pricey tuition, and um, and not not everybody can afford that. So, so you get this very yeah. odd demographic.
0: Yeah. Well, you you created uh, an an idea with uh, New Roads School that you would devote. Something like fifty yes. percent of it to yeah. uh, to need based uh, financial mm-hmm. aid, and so the tuition is you know thirty eight thousand or forty seven thousand for this school year. That's just that that's a lot of money, and so like how how did you how did how do you make right. that work where where you're able to do you just raise prices for people who can <laughs> afford it so that you can be less for others? Like, uh, tell me about a that. A little bit
1: kind of like that. Oh, for, well, first, I want to say, in case your listeners would just turn down the volume, that, that it wasn't that much money when we started. But it started in 1995, and tuition was, I think it was about $10,000 that year. But that's, you know, $10,000 after taxes. That's a lot of money. and uh, And who can afford that, right? So, but some people can afford it and happened to be in Los Angeles, Santa Monica area. So maybe it had a higher percentage of people who could but some people everybody in the school paid tuition. Right? Some people paid tuition and some people paid tuition and it was all based on on financial needs. So you know, you get tax, you get tax information, you get you get the you have conversations with people. They, you know, you sort of you 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 assess what people can afford. They tell you what they can afford. So we had people paying, at least that first year, you know, ten thousand dollars for a middle school student, and people paying five dollars a month, and there they were in class wow. together. And and some of those people had to yeah. get a couple of months behind because they really, they really were living on the edge and um yeah. and so it was like that and how do you make up for it it was you know <laughs> it was not my favorite part of the job but but it but I grew to uh, to not mind and sometimes even like it i asked people for money a lot and um, mm-hmm. both of people who went there and then and then people in the world sometimes foundations and sometimes you get surprised that there are philanthropic human beings that have you know, their kids have nothing to do with the school. Their kids are long gone or they don't have kids and they want to do something that feels meaningful with their funds that they're giving away. And, and they helped them in it. And, and, and sometimes you're, you know, hanging by your fingernails at at the end of the year, because how am I going to do that? So, so,
0: yeah. Well, uh, I think somebody that you should definitely have on your podcast is, uh, Uh, A.J. Stick, who is the founding principal of the Greater Dayton School. And that school was started by a real estate guy in uh, Dayton, Ohio, who um, is... So they have two things that are unique. Number one, uh, tuition is free, but it's all need-based. And number two, they are committed to spending $30,000 per student on each student each year, uh, for the, for the whole time they're in this K school. And then they're tracking each student until they're age 27 oh, wow. to make sure that the outcomes that they're looking for are achieved. And so like and how, how is that, funded? Is just and how amazing. is that funded?
1: Is it funded by this real estate guy? Oh, it's phenomenal. Yep, the
0: real estate guy. Yeah.
1: yeah it's isn't wonderful. that amazing? It's beautiful.
0: And so. When you say they're, they're philanthropically minded people who want to help out and do something good with their money, like they really do exist. Yeah. And it's incredible what what can happen when when you connect those people with uh, with a good cause, like like educating uh, students mm-hmm. effectively. So that is a certainly a unique approach, having half the students be need based tuition. Um what what else about new roads makes it so special and unique
1: um well i think you know it's wasn't it wasn't that we started new roads because los angeles needed any new, any more private schools yeah. uh, it was it was because really was because um you know as one of the most diverse if not the most diverse cities in the world you would never know that from the neighborhoods or the schools, or many of the schools, most of the schools, private or public or private schools. And, um, and so that was quite specifically, you know, the, the tiger I'd, we caught by the tail and we're holding on for dear life. It's like, can we, can we use the things that usually irrationally separate us from one another as, as, as a tool to bring us together? So diversity, ethnic diversity, racial diversity, socioeconomic diversity, learning style diversity, whatever those things are, you know, as 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 broad an arm, as as large an embrace of diversity as we could without without compromising education. And um, and that. I think that just created a richer environment. I remember one time in the early years of the school, uh, you know, we were, we were doing some after-school thing and where everybody was, you know, going to go, a nighttime thing where they were going to read their work for their parents were going to show up. And this is middle school kids. And pizza break. And, you know, we're feeding them dinner. And, uh, and I'm walking around this large room where they're all sitting in their own little groups. And on their own these middle school, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade kids, these middle school kids are, you know, one conversation is, well, if there's a war, I think I'm going to go to Canada, you know, because I don't think the United States should be in an, And another group is talking about, well, why are women paid less than, I mean, they're having conversations that I was trying to get my seniors that I was teaching it at a previous school to have in class. They're having them on their own. And I th- you know, over the years, it became clear. It's the the richness of a diverse population, really. It really just turns up the volume of educational challenge, intellectual challenge. And um, so I think that that's unique. And the, and the other thing, the thing that, that New Roads always had a value for, probably because of the wacky guy who started it, is, you know, uh, that people's sometimes teachers in frustration would say, oh, that's one of David's special deals, right? You know, cause some kid who already knew everything about, like he was a whiz in that math class. And he would say, you know what I really want to do? I don't know, really, this is boring to me in math class. What I really want to do is fill in the blank. And we would create a, an opportunity for him to do X, Y, Z, what that thing was. And, you know, from my point of view, in the perfect world that's true for every kid right every kid has got their own unique tiger by the tail and so it's our job to to let them hold on as much as we can yeah. and still get them to be able to do the things that everybody needs to do when they graduate and you know they need to be able to do the math and reading writing arithmetic you know it's a, write something write something meaningful and finish a finished piece and and read, read something and have something interesting to say about it. So everybody has to do that. So nobody squeaks by without yeah. those things.
0: Well, and this is why you're such a good guest for this show because we've been talking about this for years and how each individual person can have their own learning pathway that is incredibly powerful for them. In fact, that is actually the only way that learning happens. We in education like to think that learning is this straight line, you know, A, B, C, D, this is the pathway that you get to that. And the reality is that it is not like that at all. And that every person can look backwards and see that straight line for their own learning. But to the outside, it looks like this jumbled spaghetti mm. mess that is confusing and complex. And one person can say something over here and inspire that person over here, and be able to help that person make a connection that they would not have made otherwise. A- absolutely,
1: right? a- and in you know, uh, thinking. But I think I think I think schools that are worthwhile are are flexible, nim- nimble, mm-hmm. and messy. <laughs> you know, because education is those things. And and if, and if people don't know that, well, they don't, I'm not sure they ever worked in a school (laughs) like that's, it's a messy, it's a messy thing learning kids are, you know, and you think, and you of course you think you're delivering you, you're the teacher, you know, you think you're delivering that perfect message that, and you know, you find out this kid's focused on that part of the sentence. This kid's focused on some other thing, and and what people got out of it is not what you meant them to get out of it at all. So you know, it's a what do they say about you know if you don't want to know if you something about not not wanting to see sausages made. <laughs> well, I think a similar sort of thing. If you don't want to know that, really, don't go into education because because that's the world you're in. Yeah. And it's actually in some ways uh, you know this is not a cheap plug for my podcast but um so I yeah, so having having finally left schools and and a classroom um which I miss uh I I dove into the podcast world and started this thing which is close to mm, a year and a half year and three quarters um old and uh curio- curiosity mm-hmm. invited because in some ways it's 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 what I think about education, and it's also when I look back at my own, especially college, you know? I think I think college was great and fun, and half of mm-hmm. what I learned ha- probably happened in the class, and the other half was in conversations with people, in lectures oh, yes. that had nothing to do with what I was, what I was studying that quarter or semester, and and it was all the stuff you bump into, you know, when you go to the student union and this person's got a table set up for this. And and that it was an incredibly rich learning experience. And so, in some ways, the podcast is that. You know, can we be curious yeah. with people who, you know, they're not necessarily in our field. And yet, you know, there's so much to know and there's so much conversation, so much to learn. So Curiosity Invited is... You doing? Know, it's it's my well, school I, now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad that you brought it up. So first thing I wanted to show you this picture. Oh yeah, which Saturday is uh, <laughs> what what school schools think learning looks like and what learning actually Saturday. looks like. And I I bring this up uh, fairly regularly just to help myself remember that learning is messy and it's okay for it to totally. be messy. And the reason why I wanted to share that. Uh, with you specifically is to talk about your podcast Curiosity mm. Invited, because one of the key aspects of it that I think is really fascinating is: are these types of podcasts, individual courses, things like that, are they the future of education? And 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 what does that future of education look like mm. to you? And I've got some thoughts, but I'll let you go first, and then okay. I'll share mine.
1: Uh... Well, I, I certainly think it ought to be a piece of what the future of education is. And in some ways, you know, there's been a lot of, it hasn't been that long since the internet kind of exploded and and uh, and there's so much to explore, um, sometimes good, sometimes bad, but um, it's such an amazingly rich tool. And um, if it's not a part of, I mean, it is. Kids, are, kids are doing it anyway. Maybe they're going to the. Sometimes they're going to the wrong places. Sometimes they're going to the right places. But they're going. And um, so, if 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 schools are not embracing those kinds of rich tools that that people are fascinated by and drawn to, um, well, they're making a mistake. And I think, you know, I I started exploring at the school. Um, you know sort of online learning in this in this really uh primitive way as soon as it was a possibility <laughs> and um and, and so I think that that's a piece it's it's you know maybe because the color of my hair is is the color of my hair i i uh it's just an extraordinarily different experience to be in the presence of somebody. Versus in the presence of a of a square or rectangle on the screen. As much as I'm enjoying our conversation, both before we turn on record and and now, if we were sitting around and you know, it it would be a qualitatively different. It would enrich the conversation in ways that can't happen online. But I think the other thing is true. You know, when 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 COVID happened and and uh, I was at the time after I left the school, I moved to Santa Cruz. And was teaching part- time at u c santa Cruz and so I was teaching online suddenly and um classes were not as fun um because i couldn't I couldn't be the host walking around to person to person to person, which I did when i was when I was in in a room. but boy, were office hours so much better, and uh you know people people opened up in ways that I don't know if they would. You know, they're waiting outside a door and they finally come in and the professor's intimidating. And 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 on screen, you know, it was just a much easier and much richer conversation. So I think there's, I think it's a mistake not to incorporate the world of technology into our education. And yeah, it can totally You know, people can make the mistake of thinking it's always about the gadgets and it's always about the the next flashy thing. But um, but so anyway, I I was probably a meandering and a a longer answer than you wanted. No, it's
0: good. (laughs) It's good. It's, It's all good. So I I think the reality is, is like when we talk about the future of education, What we're really talking about is what people actually get credit for, right? Because that's what we think about when we think about education. And the reality is, is that everybody has been learning for the entire existence of humankind uh, in their own way with or without formal schooling. And what formal schooling brought in was this way of saying everybody has to learn this specific stuff in this specific way. And I think that we're actually going uh, beyond that to a point where we can recognize, OK, really, when it comes down to what people need to know, it's really not that complex. You need to be able to communicate, and you need to be able to have some number sense and some math right. skills. And that is pretty much the basis that you need for everything else. And so you have some literacy, numerical, and, uh, and uh, communication literacy. And then you're going to be in pretty good shape and you can get most of that out of the way by like third grade with direct instruction. But then here's the really powerful thing. When you are able to give kids or allow kids to go in passion areas, special project areas where they're actually interested, then they learn way more than the standards could actually teach them. Uh, if they had standards. And the the way that I talk about this all the time is, if you have a standard that you need to do double digit addition up to 100, then once a kid can do double digit addition up to 100, then they stop because that's what the goal was. But if you say, for example, that they need to do multiplication, or they have a project, which is even better, where they need to know how to do multiplication, then they're going to blow that double digit edition up to a hundred out of the water because they need to go way beyond that in order to do the thing that they're actually interested and in need it for something. And, and this is where I think it really comes down to how do we, how do we help kids get credit for the learning that mm-hmm. happens? That is not necessarily the classroom type of no. learning. Uh, so like your podcast is a great example. Can you imagine if a, Uh, If a 12-year-old started a podcast, like either one of ours, and was like, I'm just going to go find smart people who can explain things to me one-on-one, and then I'm going to share it with other people. Can you imagine the learning that kid would have after by the time they're done with high school, it would be Absolutely. unreal.
1: And, and, and I'm actually I would be surprised if that's not happening right now. Uh, you know, who knows if, if if we found one, but and that's what kids do, you know, there's a you said it, it's people have been learned from every human being that is listening to this, and every human being that is not has been learning from the moment they came out of the birth canal. But the moment they were sentient, and uh, in the most basic way they are learning into their world they're learning that they have limbs they're learning that they have another end they catch they have like they're always doing that they're always and and to watch you know when you watch kids chase something that matters to them i mean i remember sitting in washington square in new york city and eating lunch and was watching these skateboard skateboarders and they were trying to learn this particular trick and they were falling and they were like whatever and they never stopped until they did. And It was like, this is so, it's so clear <laughs> that this kid wants to learn. He's going to do anything. He's going to, and his friends are going to help him and all of those things that happen, right? And it absolutely happens. If you can fan the flames that, that are there. And that's what a great teacher and great schools and great whatever great podcasts do is they, they fan the flames that that people have burning anyway. And, and, and if you can do that, you know, that's a great school. That's a great school for those kids.
0: Yeah, I, boy, that is such a simple, beautiful way to put it just fan the flames of the kids that are there. Um, I and I have done like 700 interviews for this podcast and here's something that you're saying that is a new insight to me that just simplified so much of what I've been Mm. thinking and understanding and, and, and I'm understanding it in a different way than I was before. Fan the flames that are there, how powerful that is. What a simple way to just summarize everything that I've been talking about for the last 10 years. <laughs> it's just well, either, awesome.
1: Either it's good great. or sorry about that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh, I should have talked really? to you 10 years what, ago. I would have had thinking? it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Well, that, and that's the beauty here really is that if if you would have told me that 10 years ago, I wouldn't have understood mm, it like I understand sure, it today. Exactly. And, and that's the part of it that is so amazing and why learning is so unique for every person no matter how much we try to standardize it or industrialize right. it it is unique for every single person and we have to respect and honor that because otherwise we're just we're just missing out on right. this wonderful and, opportunity for the And great
1: schools and great teachers do that they they whether they know it explicitly or intuitively they know that and that's what they do. Have you um have you ever heard of met a fellow named David Bolton? He, no but that he sounds is somebody wonderful. who you should have I will connect you you should have on your podcast okay. he, he he refers to himself as an educational activist uh, I'm not quite sure what that okay. is but but uh, but he he is he is very articulate about in, in, in unique ways about uh, uh, kids learning and what schools do well, there's so many people that do that right Mark Twain. You know and don't let go get in the way of my education so yeah but i will introduce you david bolton
0: good okay that'll be good i think that'll be uh that'll be great i mean i've been talking about this stuff just on this show and in my schools for for a decade now and i'm still just scratching the surface on what is possible with with how we approach education and how and how we help people learn so uh i do want to talk a little bit more about your podcast curiosity invited because you've got some cool guests that have been on there that um that are really across a broad spectrum of uh personalities and beliefs and and how they operate and do things and so what what can people get out of curiosity invited what are you trying to do with that show yeah
1: well uh for a big chunk of it i was trying to f- You know, I was trying to see what I wanted to become. I was, I was doing, I was doing my version of what I think kids are doing as they're learning, right? I was like, well, that would be interesting. I'm interested in that, and you know, um, and and really, I think I'm, I think I'm wanting people, I'm wanting to invite people to to have a conversation and explore what they're doing with somebody who doesn't necessarily know. Hardly enough, at all, about what they're doing, and um, and explain it to me or satisfy my curiosity, um, and and I think the reason for that is, you know, in some ways, back to the college model, right? I mean, when you when you sat down in somebody's dorm room and had a conversation about God knows what they were doing, meditating, and you'd never heard of meditation before, and what what's that? What? Right? And sometimes it sounded. Nutty, and sometimes it didn't, and I think it's that right. People are doing interesting things in the world, and they have they have interesting and sometimes uh, strong opinions about them. And I'm really just trying to coax people into a conversation. I'm not. I never try to. I really don't try to do gotcha questions, or you know, I'm not looking for the the embarrassing moment uh, that you know to reveal something about this person. I'm really I'm fanning the flames of what's there in a way that both satisfies me and I hope sort of opens their eyes in ways that that are different and you know I want them to have fun I think actually lots of times you know schools learning's better when it's fun so and it it's not sure always fun man. but it's but but and maybe not every maybe learning where the comic goes can't always be fun but but I think you can, so so, yeah, so yeah. And, and so I'm well, trying to and, do that and and it's uh you know it's a hodgepodge of of fields and ideas, and you know it's everybody from it's everybody from well we've spoke about the before, Daryl Davis and Jeff scoop, you know, two v- people from very different orientations in the world who have who have found commonality and, uh, you know, Karen Bass, the mayor of Los Angeles, because suddenly she's the mayor of Los, Los Angeles and, and trying to solve problems that are need solving and, and music composers and exploring those ideas with people and exploring what they're doing is opens my eyes. I've got, I've got one coming up with a you know, the fellow who is a gun aficionado, I am not. And right, mm-hmm. I, it's not it's not my world, but it's his, and he's got, he's got some interesting, not crazy, not violent, things that about understandings about it. That boy, it'd be good if more people heard that. More people heard that. So yeah, so it's it's that it's being curious because I kind of believe that that's well, you know, that's in some ways that's the well, that is fanning the flames, right? Can can yeah, somebody totally. be curious about something right can a young person can an old person can a, be curious about their world because boy when you stop being yeah. curious well, that's tedious
0: <laughs> yeah and and no Not, fun, no at, fun all. at all and, no yeah. fun at all and you're right learning is way more fun uh way better when yeah. it's fun and when you're actually enjoying it and that doesn't mean that it always has to be and sometimes, you know, like you gave the example of the kids skateboarding and how it is not fun to fall down and get hurt repeatedly, but you do it because you are looking for that next level. You're looking to get better. And it, you know, in those situations, skateboarders do not look at it like, Oh, I failed at that trick. They're just working up to being able to do it. And that's a that's a powerful mental frame well, to be in when it comes. to I, I
1: guarantee something. you, at the end of that day, with all those bumps and bruises, that kid had a great day. You know, it's like yeah, you know, for to, sure. went home and said, oh, "Mom, I learned this gnarly trick today, and it was yeah, like great. Bumps and
0: bruises yeah. included." And the, mom, and the mom's like, "What language are you speaking? <laughs> I don't understand anything you're saying," <laughs> which is yeah. fun too. Uh Dave uh my my last question David is what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative leader like you
1: uh, Well thank you for calling me that but <laughs> um what's one thing a person can do this week uh, pause before he she they say no somebody will ask them a question whether it's a teacher can we, you know, do this? Or can I do this? Or a student or a whatever, or another administrator. Can we, and before you go to no, pause and see if there's a way to maybe say yes. And, um, Cause that really does open up the world, right? I mean, it, it sometimes creates new policy, right? That, that, that changes the school, so, so pause before no.
0: Yeah. yeah I I like that because you're not saying don't no. say no. You're just saying just, just give it pause a beat. give it a beat. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Um just want to make sure everybody knows Curiosity Invited Podcast. There's a link to it in the show notes. Go check that out. Go give it a listen or a watch. It's on YouTube as well. And, uh, David, thank you so much for being here on the Transformative Principle oh, Podcast. Oh, thank
1: you, Jethro. That was a fun and a pleasure. And I hope we do it again. And I'm going to get you to come online.
0: Oh, excellent. That'll be great. I look cool. forward to it. Do you want to simplify your school's technology? save teachers' time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time.